Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of two college athletes. He has a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 349 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Hanks. The Athletic Scholarship Podcast is the world's longest-running recruiting education podcast, and I'm proud to give you 15 minutes weekly of recruiting information that will help change your athletic scholarship future. The Athletic Scholarship Podcast is just one of the many free and inexpensive recruiting resources in the Recruit Me Toolbox. Go to recruit-me.com to get all the past Athletic Scholarship Podcast episodes, episodes that include the 10 myths about athletic scholarships, the seven steps to an athletic scholarship, interviews with college coaches, players, and parents of recruits. You can also get the free Recruiting Power Pack and sign up for their free Recruit Me monthly newsletter. On the resource page, you can get the Athletic Scholarship Playbook and the Athletic Scholarship 24-month Planner and Journal, both books written by the Recruit Me founder, John Fugler. The ultimate step-by-step recruiting resource is the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. It's only $39. You get a 200-page manual, workbook, and worksheets that will walk you through your own recruiting process. Go to recruit-me.com right now after you listen to this episode. If you have listened to past episodes of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast, you know that I have created episodes from a recruiting subject that I found on social media. So I was flipping through Twitter and someone had retweeted an interview on the Ed Milet podcast and YouTube show. The interview was with an ex-Major League Baseball star and now an MLB network analyst. I didn't do a good job bookmarking the tweet, so later I had to search for Sean Casey and I found the interview on the YouTube link. The Ed Milet Show had named this episode, How to Overcome Rejection and Failure and Win, Sean Casey and Ed Milet. I also found the podcast version aired on November 22nd of 2022. On Twitter, a small snippet of the interview highlighted a portion about Sean getting no attention from college coaches when he was in high school, and that's what led me to pursue the rest of the interview. Let me give you a brief rundown of Sean Casey. Casey played 12 years in the major leagues, batted 302 in his career with five teams, and is in the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. He was a three-time All-Star. He grew up in the Pittsburgh area and was a student athlete for the Richmond Spiders in college. For the Spiders, he was named a freshman All-American and second-team All-American in his junior year at Richmond. He picked up the nickname The Mayor in pro baseball because he talked to everyone, and some players thought he was campaigning for a mayor's office. The interview started with an introduction and some banner between Casey and Milet. Then Ed asked about Sean's beginnings in baseball, and Sean dove into his freshman year of high school, and then after that, how there were not too many scouts or college coaches hanging around in the Pittsburgh area for baseball. Sean describes that he did not play much on his high school freshman team, and that he asked his dad to talk to the coach to see if that would help his playing time. His dad retorted with, Hey, Sean, the kid playing in front of you is not glaringly better than you, but you aren't better than him. You need to start being accountable for who you are as a player. So Sean and his dad made a deal. The deal was for him to hit at a local batting cage and also get some hitting lessons. Sean became driven between his freshman and sophomore year of his high school to get better so he could be a starter on the JV team his sophomore year. 
His work on hitting, as he said, compounded daily, and he started on the JV team his sophomore year. In the interview, he doesn't mention playing club or summer baseball, but as he goes through his high school career, it is evident that after his sophomore year, no college coaches were contacting him. This part of the interview reminds me of the interview I did with a college basketball player, Quinn Nelson. Listen to episodes 297 and 298. Quinn played basketball with my older son, Parker, at Ozark High School. Quinn said that he didn't go play travel ball very much until his junior year of high school. He spent more time concentrating on his craft, which was shooting. Quinn said he shot 500 to 1,000 shots per day. Quinn just finished his college career at Southwest Baptist University, an NCAA Division II college. He holds numerous records like games played, minutes played, most career points, and most career three-pointers. Working on your game-specific skills early your freshman and sophomore years are important, and just playing games doesn't always improve your game for the future. Casey started to realize his junior year that he now wanted to play college baseball. His dad told him, Preparation meeting opportunity. It would be a shame if the opportunity came and you were not prepared. Sean listened to his dad and took his advice to heart. This is sometimes a problem with high schoolers. They don't take to heart advice from adults, like coaches, mentors, and especially parents. Eye rolls are more common than actions. His hitting work turned Sean into a varsity starter his junior and senior years of high school. Another great lesson from Sean's dad was that Sean got to see and actually helped his dad send sales or marketing letters to his dad's clients. His dad would send out thousands of letters asking for clients to buy his products. He told Sean that if three or four clients bought, that they would have a good month and be able to pay all the bills. Sean then talks about that he had no college offers or even looks as he started his senior year of high school. He did go to a couple of open tryouts or showcases, but nothing really developed. Sean's dad jumped in again and said, Sean, there's no one coming. If you want to play college baseball, you have to start playing offense and quit waiting for someone to come. So Sean got fired up and him and his dad started sending letters. Back then it was letters, not emails. They sent to 30-some colleges. At this point in the interview, Ed, the interviewer, noticed Sean's emotions for his dad's advice. He reflected on how important it was for his dad to push him and not enable him and also stand by him as he was grinding through the process. Not only did Sean hear from his dad that no one is coming, but he also heard that you can do it when others were saying you're too slow or your dreams are too high. Ed continues and points out that Sean isn't on that day's podcast if his dad didn't push the issue and they didn't send out all those letters to colleges. Sean states that the adversities that he had is where he got his advantages. One of the letters he sent was to Richmond University. Richmond had sent him a flyer, but they had not seen Sean play. Then late in his high school career, Sean had a four-hit, eight-RBI game, and the Richmond coach had driven six hours to watch Sean play that day. Sean didn't know he was there. Thus, the lesson of preparation meeting opportunity came into play. Sean talked to the coach, and the next day Richmond called back and offered him a $1,000 athletic scholarship to play baseball as a spider. So Sean and his family had to figure out how to cover the remaining $29,000 a year if he wanted to go play at Richmond. Richmond ended up being the only offer Sean Casey received out of all the letters that he sent out. But all you need is one. Both of my sons sent emails to colleges. Parker did have many NCAA Division II offers and a few NCAA Division I looks, 
but it wasn't until he sent an email to Northwestern University inviting them to come watch him pitch up in a showcase in Joliet, Illinois, that the pieces of the puzzle started to fall together. An email to a coach, a coach showing up, a player performing well, a visit to the campus, and then an offer to play turned out to be a great educational and athletic opportunity for Parker's four-year career at Northwestern. Other than COVID, it was a good time. Parker is now in graduate school at Northwestern, and he has an undergrad degree in economics. Sutton, my younger son, sent out emails to colleges at the NCAA Division III and Division II levels and the, and the NAI level. Even though junior colleges are a good option, he wanted to stay at a four-year school. Sutton had sent emails out as he started his summer between his junior and senior year of high school. Sutton had gotten a start for his high school's JV team and then was the designated runner for the catcher on the varsity. This was his junior year. One of Sutton's emails was to a Division II coach to ask if he had any outfield spots for the 2022 class and if he could come to the school's prospect camp. The coach responded that the season had just ended and they were still sorting out their roster for the next year. The coach said to contact him mid-summer. Sutton was on fire at the plate on his summer team and was able to send out videos and other emails to this Division II coach and other coaches. So from those emails, late in the summer, Sutton attended that Division II team's prospect camp and performed well, running, jumping, hitting, and throwing his way to a campus tour and to an offer from the coach. Sutton had contacted two other colleges and arranged visits with them, one of them being the college that he is at now, Columbia College, an NAIA school in Columbia, Missouri. The neat thing about Columbia College is that it wasn't on Sutton's list initially. By having a list and research done, Sutton arranged with his club coaches to review his list and to get advice and hopefully a recommendation from them to these college coaches. The club coaches asked if we had considered Columbia College, and they thought it would be a good fit, and lo and behold, it was. Let's get back to the interview. Ed, the interviewer, again, got excited and points out all the dominoes that fell into place for Sean Casey. The dominoes that put him at that interview that day and also created a great career for Sean. Sean Casey ended up going to Richmond, and he had never visited the campus. He showed up and made the starting lineup as a freshman and became a freshman All-American. And then he had a good sophomore year at Richmond, and he got to play in the premier collegiate league, the Cape Cod League. And then in his junior year, Sean proceeded to lead the nation in college baseball with a 461 batting average. Sean states that he remembered that six or seven years earlier, he had asked his dad to talk to a high school coach about his playing time. And now he's a second team NCAA Division I All-American at a mid-major baseball school. Sean said the lessons of having to work harder, having to put in the time, and having to become accountable for what you wanted to do, and that having to set routines and to be responsible for your habits after school were big in his development. These are all lessons and changes Sean Casey made that pointed him toward his career. After Sean's junior year of college, he became a second-round pick for the Cleveland Indians. Ed again points out how Sean went from his dad telling him that he wasn't distinctively better than the other freshman, first baseman, to the improbable path to seven years later, being a top draft pick for the major leagues. Then to buck the odds of making a major league team, making three all-star games, and playing for 12 years at a high level. If you see Casey's swing, it looks like a natural God-given swing. But in fact, this interview points out all the hard work Casey put in in developing his swing. 
Sean throws right-handed and has a beautiful left-handed swing unique to him. The rest of the interview is great. The first 20 minutes covers Sean's rise to the major leagues and gives you a great look at a scenario that could look like yours, the high school athlete, or your son or daughter's. Sean's story can be overlaid to any sport at any level of play in youth and high school sports. There is not only a recruiting lesson, like go on offense, but there are many personal and family teamwork lessons from Sean's story. Recruit Me's whole premise is to be proactive, but to be proactive at the right times and in the right ways. Sean's story told that he wasn't pursued by colleges and that he pursued them late in his high school years. Richmond had sent a flyer or a contact, and Sean acted upon their interest, either their interest in only getting some camp money from him or his actual baseball skills, and then he took advantage of the coach's drive for six hours to see him play. And as I said, Sean did not know that the Richmond coach was there, and Sean ended up having a great game, not only at the plate, but probably in his demeanor and energy of play. So what might have happened if Sean didn't hustle or he threw a helmet? Things may have been totally different. I have a link to the YouTube interview on the Ed Milet Show. Please watch and bookmark this interview for many great lessons about recruiting and many more lessons about Sean's mental attitude and preparations. The interview, as Ed said in this episode, makes you want to run through a wall as you are inspired by different events throughout Sean's career. One of my favorites is how Scott Rowland explained to Casey at an All-Star game why Albert Pujols is so great. Another high point of the interviews is Sean explaining how three books influenced his performance and his life. The Art of Hitting 300 by Charlie Lau, The Science of Hitting by Ted Williams, and The Mental Game of Baseball by Carl Kuhl and Harvey Dorfman. Sean said he read parts of The Mental Game of Baseball almost every day and later became friends with Harvey Dorfman. Breathing and the process, not results sections, were his biggest influences. No matter your sport, Go and listen to this interview. I'll end this episode by saying that ex-Major League Baseball player Sean Casey had a normal and very familiar experience throughout his high school and recruiting journey. I think you can learn a lot through his experience and with his hard work, his father's fatherly advice, and Sean's use of his resources that he took advantage of so that he could play not only a college sport, but be a professional in his sport and now in the media covering his sport. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes and visit recruit-me.com for many free and inexpensive resources to help you in your recruiting journey. If you are new to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast, thank you for listening. And if you have been listening, also thank you. And be sure to share the Athletic Scholarship Podcast with another student athlete or family that could use some recruiting advice. Join me next Tuesday for the historical 350th episode of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast.